All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. It's the REK Show. I'm here again. Uh, this video is going to be uploaded on Friday. Not video, but this podcast is going to be uploaded on Friday, um, January 6th. Trying to keep it consistent, like I've been saying. You know, I'm looking to upload every Friday this year. See how long that goes. Um, Very interesting. I shouldn't say interesting, but, you know, just regular stuff Um, for the NBA. You know, covering Donovan Mitchell, 71 points. Lucas, 61. Um, The MVP race, of course. The Nets, because I've really been enjoying watching the Nets play and how strong they've been getting. And also, what we're going to cop off on today is the Clippers always being down by 50 points and somehow managing to come back. So, tune in. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And, yeah, let's get straight to it. Right, so we're gonna get straight into it. Um, Donovan Mitchell scored seventy-one points, and he made it look easy. Um, I don't know. I just feel like the scoring right now in the NBA is it, it just it almost seems so easy because I think everybody everybody I think in the past two three years have had a forty-point game, a fifty-point game, a sixty-point game, but seventy-one is definitely seventy-one is definitely up there for one of the best performances I think in the past. I would say two to three years in the league, personally, I think. That Donovan Mitchell seventy one points was crazy. Um, and yeah, he shot the ball at a good percentage too. I think he shot almost fifty percent from the field. If I'm if I'm correct, matter of fact, I just want to check real quick. But yeah, I think Donovan Mitchell shot seventy one points. I mean, fifty percent, fifty percent from the field that game. Where is that? Let's look right now. Let's look at it right now while we're at it. How did they play? Oh my god! Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. What 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 game was that? Wasn't the Nets? Wasn't the Raptors? And it was an OT too. I think a, I think a seventy one point OT game is is way more challenging too. Definitely because it was a, it was an OT. Where's your shot? The fuck? Yeah yeah. So he shot. He played fifty minutes. And shot. Oh, it's not telling me. Dang it. Well, yeah, he played fifty minutes. Had almost had a seventy-one point triple double. I think if he had a triple double, it would have made it way, 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 way better than what it already was, and we probably would have been hearing about it for I'd say the next month. But the seventy-one points in itself is ridiculous. On top of eleven assists, which is ridiculous. Um, they played the Bulls. We know the Bulls have the Bulls have the potential to be a great team, but they're always injured and people don't want to be there and all types of other stuff. Nice young core, whatever. But yeah, they just couldn't get the job done. Held in there though. But then you also got to think about it. For somebody to score 71 and to still go into OT and only win by 11 points, I still think that that's crazy in itself. Because thinking about it, if you were to score 71, and I feel like, as a matter of fact, I feel like everything changed around the time when, when Devin Booker scored his 70 points that one time and lost by 50. It was like, you would think because you scored at such a high volume and that many points that y'all would have blown the team out the water. And I feel like the fact that he scored 71 and they still only lost by 11 in OT is like, damn, like, is that like just the state of the league now? Like, we all know the league is a high-scoring league at this point, at this era in basketball, but it's like, damn, 71, damn near a triple-double, and it's just like, are we only won by 11? Like, it wasn't even a blowout. It wasn't anything crazy. Um, But, yeah, just talking about that, I just, that's just a good performance all in all. It's ridiculous. 71 points in a freaking NBA game is, is outrageous. And then that also makes me want to get into the next 
not the next topic, but like the next segue into it is the Luka Doncic, 61 points, 21 rebounds, and 10 assists. That in itself was crazy because then, and then for that to happen, and then for Donovan Mitchell to score 71 right after, it's almost like, damn, well, like, what the hell? Like, it feels like time's flying by. You look at the, the Luka Doncic one, and yeah, it's got way blown out of proportion, way more than the Donovan Mitchell one. I feel like the Donovan Mitchell one has just already kind of came and went. Uh, the Luka one has kind of stuck around, and I think it's because the fact that he got the triple double and it was 21 boards and 10 assists, and on top of that, 61 points, and they won in regulation, which is even more crazier. The fact that he got 21 rebounds. But then it also makes me think, like, can we even compare the two? Like, if you, if you think about it, is it possible to even compare the two? Because two different outcomes, two different settings, but it's still like, damn. I just feel like, I feel like you could, but I feel like the Luka one is always going to overshadow the Donovan Mitchell one, especially with the MVP race and everything that's going on right now. I feel like that that's what's really, really driving it right now to be such a force. So yeah, I think I think that was a I think that was a good one. Um transitioning. Uh Kevin Love saying that the seventy one points was the greatest performance he's ever seen in his life. Yeah, he went on Twitter and he recanted the statement and said that that wasn't the greatest performance he ever seen in his life. But to even in that moment sit there and think about that when you've played on a team with LeBron and Kyrie and sat there and have done absolutely nothing in every finals that you've ever been in, it's kinda like a slap in the face. And then I like how he listed he gave his little list or whatever and it was cool. Me personally, I think the greatest performance Kevin Love has probably ever seen in his life is Game One LeBron and the game when him and Kyrie combined for for eighty two points, scoring forty apiece. I mean that was ridiculous in itself too. So I feel like Kevin Love. I mean he was in the moment. That's his teammate. So I feel like that's another thing. It's just his teammate. So you gotta you kind of gotta just like go with it because it is your teammate. You want to keep the team morale up, team boost up. But yeah, I feel like that was crazy. And we've known Kevin Love. He's been playing in the league for fifteen years. <sighs> we all know Kevin Love, man. You just know, like, Kevin Love is just not, he's just not that guy. You know what I'm saying? He's just not that guy. He's a great player, but he's just clutch time, all that stuff. We know Kevin Love is just nowhere to be found ever. The MVP race. We sit here and we look at the MVP race, and it's really the same two people that we go back and forth on. And somehow Jokic, once again, just keeps slipping into this equation, which makes no sense to me because how is, how is Jokic, like, how does he keep getting here? And if he manages to three-peat an MVP and LeBron didn't, I think that that's, that, that's going to be crazy in itself. But um, the two people we keep looking at every time is Tatum and Luka. Giannis, I think they put um, – on what website is this? This is sports sportsart.com. They have – who do they have at number one right now? Right now they have – oh, yeah, Luka's at number one. Um, Jokic is number two. Joel Embiid. I fled Joel Embiid. He's been in the MVP conversation for the past three years, but I feel like his problem with th- with this MVP thing is he's just not a winner. Like, I just don't feel like Joel Embiid is a winner. I, I, I personally don't. I feel like Philly has a great uh, a great guy in him, a great center, a great piece to build around, but it just never results in anything because when it's just time to play, he's just not – like, he's just it's – not, it's never enough, I feel like. Um, Giannis, of course, Giannis is still up there. Kevin Durant is up there. In all honesty, I feel like the list should really go, if we're being honest, as of right now, Tatum, Luka, and KD. And I feel like even KD being ranked number five is kind of a slap in the face because KD has been actually showcasing everything this year. I mean, he's averaging 29, 6, and 5, and he's shooting 56% from the field. I mean, that in itself is ridiculous. He's shooting better than uh, Tatum, who's shooting 47%. He's more efficient. And Luka, who's shooting 50%. I mean, he's shooting way more efficient than both of them. So I feel like, you know, Kevin Durant, it should be it should be Tatum, Luka, Kevin Durant so far, but 
we know how that goes. Um, Giannis is in the conversation again. Um, I feel like Giannis, and I said this in the last podcast, Giannis just needs to leave the Bucks because everything he does at this point is now just it's wear and tear on his body. And I don't think it's gonna help him like get anywhere. If we're being honest, it's, I like I sit there and I watch the Bucks play a lot, and they're a great team because of the pieces that they have around Giannis, which makes them great. But they just don't have that umph. They don't have that it factor anymore. And I feel like Giannis can only do so much still not having developed a jump shot completely yet. And I give him credit. He has been trying to shoot more. And I've been seeing it in the games when he's putting up shots. Like, he's shooting threes more. He's trying to adapt to the, the to the new style of game, the new era of the NBA. And I give him credit for it. I mean, he's trying. Most people wouldn't try. So I feel like I feel like they, could, they, they still have what it takes. But I just don't think out of the East – it's just, well, they'll probably make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, if we're being honest, and they'll have to go up against the Celtics. And we know how the Celtics are. They've always been a team-oriented, not like actually a team-oriented organization since the beginning of time. So I feel like at that point, it's just who's going to get the better, who's going to get the better. Um, we look at last year, you know, they swept everybody in the playoffs damn near. Um, and they made quick work of the Bucks, if we're being honest. They made quick work of the Nets, too. Um, I'm actually interested to see how that plays out this year as well as the as time continues because I actually want to see that, that matchup again. Um, Talking about Nets basketball since we're on that topic. I feel like, personally, the Nets keep getting better and better and better as the time and the season progresses. Um, Getting rid of Steve Nash was the best decision they've ever made so far besides getting Kyrie and KD to come play for the Nets was getting rid of Steve Nash. Because Jacques Vaughn is somebody that they trust and he's reliable and he understands the game. Steve Nash, we all know Steve Nash understands the game of basketball. But I feel like the problem with Steve Nash was he was just sitting there looking at it and saying, dang, I have two of the best players in the planet on one team. Let's just put them in for 40 minutes in ISO and then however else that happens, everybody else just figure their way in. I feel like now with um, the new coach, I just feel like he's more he's – more, he knows that he has two of the best players on the team, and he's finding ways to use them as decoys in order to get other guys involved. Um, Patty Mills being there is a great addition. Um, the new shooter, um, Wantanabe, I think that's his name, he, he's phenomenal. They, they've really figured out a way to incorporate him in the offense as well. And I just think overall, like, they're just they're just on fire right now. They're playing really good basketball. Then you have Kyrie, who's who's on a – who's man. And I, and I know I started my last podcast, my last episode out raving about Kyrie, but – if you're really watching what he's doing right now, after all the stuff that he's been through and all the controversy and all of this other crazy stuff, the fact that he's still performing at such a high level at this age after all these injuries, and he's just balling. He's really just balling out. And I think that's that's perfect. And then you have Kevin Durant on top of that. And I feel like with them clicking right now, they're only going to get stronger. I feel like I don't think there's going to be much of a drop-off. Um, and Nick Nick's, uh, Nick Claxton, I feel like – He's 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 developed very 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 well um in the in the coming years. I think after they got rid of Jared Allen, he kind of had to find his place, his positioning. Because you also have to remember he's a big man, but he's undersized. But he's quick on his feet. But he can and he can also guard one through five. Um, he could play great perimeter defense if you if you're watching the game. So I feel like he just had to figure out his place. Um, he's leading the league in field goal percentage right now, which is great. I think he's shooting. 72% of the field, and he's also leading the league in blocks, which is also a great thing. So I feel like with Claxton finding his way and having KD and Kyrie right there behind him, helping him and keeping him on point, I feel like he's he's definitely going to be he's gonna be good for the years to come. Um, ben Simmons, when Ben Simmons is healthy, if this is the healthy Ben Simmons that we're going to be seeing from now on that's not dropping 20 and 10 and 10, I think that he's playing a very key role, though, because he's still got that grit and grind to him. Ben Simmons' thing was he never needed to really score the ball. He was more of a, of a facilitator. 
So when you have Ben Simmons who can bring the ball up and let Kyrie, who's really a shot maker, if we're being honest, he's not he's not really a true point guard. Kyrie Irving is a shooting guard, but plays point because of his size, which is understandable. Um, I feel like when you have Ben Simmons who can bring the ball up and space the floor and run the plays and run the offense throughout Ben Simmons to get guys like Kyrie, Watanabe, KD, find clacks on lobs, off pick and rolls and slips and screens and stuff like that, I feel like that's Ben Simmons' role right now. On top of him being a defensive anchor to help with Claxton down low, I feel like that that's a great. And then you have Patty Mills coming off the bench, running gun. We know Patty Mills loves to score the ball. Um, very quick on his feet, very agile, can shoot the three. And the Nets right now, man, they're just they're just great, man. I'm I think by the end of the season, Nets will be top three. I think it'll go. I think it'll go Celtics number one, the Bucks number two, of course, because the Bucks are always number one or number two. Excuse me. And then I think the Nets, and then probably Philly after that. Um, and yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking right now for the Nets. I'm just loving the way they're playing basketball. It's just it's, it's actually great to watch. Um, I want to talk about the Clippers as well. The Clippers, we all know, um, uh, freaking Paul George, Kawhi. Kawhi doesn't say anything. He just either plays, he doesn't, he doesn't play. I went over this last podcast saying that he's more effective on the court when he plays if he played ten minutes than if he just sat on the bench and did nothing wearing New Balance gear. Um, I feel like um the Clippers are always. I think they're a slow starting team, and I think that that'll end up being the death of them if they can't pick it up off the rip. Um, I feel like most of the time they start out very flat, and then after halftime is when they come out and they and they come back and they do what they have to do. But I feel like that can only go so far, and they're gonna get to the playoffs, of course, because they have Kawhi and Paul George. But it's like, at what point are they gonna just pick up off the off the off the bounce, off the dribble, off the tip, pause, and just start and just start balling? Um. They've been coming back. I mean, they have been coming back. They've been winning all the games and stuff like that. And I, f- I just feel like I don't know. I don't know if that if that style or if that not that style, but if that's gonna help them out in the long run. I just feel like they're gonna they're gonna flatten out eventually. I don't think it's gonna work. Um, Zion Williamson again. He's out. And I was just saying last, and I was just saying once again last podcast. I think you guys should go listen if you haven't. I was saying. If he can stay healthy, he's he's a he's a he's a force. We all know Zion's a force. He's averaging twenty six seven and four on sixty percent from the field. I mean, come on now, that's ridiculous. Um, and he's shooting thirty six percent from three, which is actually pretty good if we're being honest. That's that's very good in all honesty. He's out for four to six weeks, and they also have Brandon Ingram out right now, so that leaves C.J. McCollum and the rest of the core. But I think. A healthy Pelicans team is a top is a top five C team in, in the West. And I think was when you have Zion and Brandon Ingram at the same time on top of CJ McCollum and everybody else, I just think I think they can make a deeper run. And I just wish Zion could stay more healthy. And I don't know if it's as a matter of fact, let me look up. I I seen he was out to four to six weeks, but I don't know what the injury was for. Let's look it up real quick. He is out four to six weeks due to a hamstring strain. Um I just don't know, man. I don't know how long his body's gonna just be able to put up with this stuff. It's been a lot of wear and tear over over the past. What he's entering his his third year, his fourth year, and I just I don't know, man. I don't know if his body can just keep up with that. It's a lot of wear and tear on his body. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he can keep up with that, but we'll see. But yeah, I just think the Pelicans as a whole, health a healthy Pelicans team is a top five team in the West and can probably make a deep run second round Western Conference if they get lucky. Just depending on who they play and how that bracket falls, but. I think they'll be all right. Um, looking into, I think, and I want to talk about Shade uh, Gilgis Alexander for a second. And I know I did a little bit on the last podcast. I keep saying the last podcast, but I just have to because that's just where everything's been at. He definitely should win Most Improved Player this year. 
Um, I feel like in the next one, two two years, he'll be, he'll just be a household name. He's definitely an all star this season, and if he's not, I don't, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. But Shea Gilders Alexander has really been he's he's been on one. I will I will say that he's been he's been great since Kentucky. I'm um, watching him from Kentucky. You can just tell that he just he was able to just score the ball, and he plays at a slow pace. It's almost I shouldn't say a slow pace. He plays at his pace. The game is a the, the NBA is a very quick is a quick running running gun style compared to college when it's more set plays and you you got your players you got to run your plays and run the offense all of that. The NBA is more just read and react, and I feel like he's able to read and react very 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 well. And it looks slow when he's playing. He looks like he's moving slow, but he's really moving at a normal pace. It's just everybody else around him is a bunch of chaos. And the fact that he's able to compose himself and keep his composure and do what he does at the pace he does and at the volume that he does it, I think that's what's going to make him special in the coming years. And I think he could possibly be an MVP of the league if he stays healthy and if um, he ends up not playing for the Oklahoma City Thunder, if he can be on a winning team. Um, Yeah, so looking at the all-star voting right now, LeBron, of course, is always going to be a, a a a starter, the captain. Um, Kyrie Irving, man, I'm just glad to see. I keep saying this. I'm just glad to see Kyrie Irving back, man. I really am. I'm just I'm just glad to see him back. I, it's good knowing that after everything he's been through, all the stuff, all the controversy, and the, we all know that the media hates Kyrie. He, they hate him. They despise of Kyrie. And the fact that he just he's still here now, just still making waves and impact and impacting everybody is, is great. So yeah. And then another thing I want to talk about is the the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, I feel like the Cavs have made have made a lot of good adjustments, and I feel like I'm repeating myself every time I bring the Cavs up because we all know they just weren't good before before and after LeBron. They just never were good. But I feel like in in over the over the past three years, they've really been picking it up with finding talent. I think they realized that, yeah, LeBron's not coming back, so we kind of just can't wait around for everybody for him to come back because he's just never coming back. He got his ring and he dipped. So all the pieces that they've been adding, the in the Eastern Conference, I think they, they're a top-five team in the Eastern Conference. And, of course, Donovan Mitchell now back um, playing at the level he's playing at. If he could keep playing at that level on top of Darius Garland, who's one of the craftiest players in the league, if you ask me, um, if he can keep playing like that, there's Garland can come in and do what he does. You have a great defender, a great, 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 great defender in Jared Allen. If they can just keep up that level of play and keep going, you have Karis LeVert as well. The team is they have a they have a very deep team. It's a young team, but it's a deep team. And although Kevin Love is there for the experience and Donovan Mitchell as well, I just think that they're a top five team and they can really they can really go far depending on you know however 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 it goes out. Um. And yeah, that's that's it for this one. It's a short episode, only eighteen minutes, nothing too crazy. Um, I've been doing a lot of short episodes recently, just because I feel like a longer episode sometimes may not always be the best thing. So I'm just testing it out. Sometimes you'll get twenty minute episodes, eighteen minute episodes, thirty minute episodes, maybe an hour, forty five minutes. I just don't know yet. I'm still trying to figure it out. Um, but yeah, I got. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, it's been great. This is a little recap, a little Friday recap. I hope you guys are enjoying the series, not the series, but. Hope you're enjoying the podcast and the conversation. Um, let me know. Follow me on Instagram. Or uh, follow this this the podcast page on Instagram. Uh, Rants with Ari. Um, leave feedback. Shoot me a DM. Let me know anything, anything, any topics you want to discuss, anything like that. And yeah, thank you. Happy New Year, guys. Take care.